From bloated and tired to free and inspired, welcome to Free and Inspired Radio with Philip Watkins, your weekly dose of everything digestion and mental health related. We hope you enjoy this episode. Here is your host, Philip Watkins. Yes, yes. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Free and Inspired Radio. I'm your host, a naturopathic practitioner, Philip Watkins, and I'm grateful to have you with us today. If you're new to the show, well, the title says it all. It's all about feeling free and inspired and exploring the many different avenues you can take to get there, whether it's deep dives on digestion and mental health solutions or guests who offer their own stories and answers. I hope I can be the type of guide you can rely on to unlock the agency you have to reach your own mental and physical competency. Let's get started with what's coming up on today's episode. Coming up on this week's show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 36 of Free and Inspired Radio. Thank you for being with us this week. If it's your first episode, thank you even more. Welcome. Another week has gone by and I hope it's been filled with the right type of goodness for you. It's fair to say this week I bit a little more than I can chew with what I've got for you this week and this episode as we explore the oral microbiome and whether the uh, mouth is a window to your mental and digestive health and in fact your health in general which speaks to just exactly how much of a chasm of information I found when I was putting this episode together. There's a lot here, let's get started. So if you're new to the oral microbiome, it's a collection of bacterial colonies found in different parts of the mouth, including areas such as, the, such as the teeth and the tonsils. Now, the oral microbiome is the second most diverse bacterial environment only to the large intestine and the colon, which is saying something. In fact, the digestive tract and the mouth combined house around 60% of the total bacteria in our body. I'll say that again. The digestive tract and the mouth when combined, house around 60% of the total bacteria in our body. That's crazy. So there's almost 700 different species of bacteria all potentially living in your mouth right now. I wonder if you're charging them rent. Maybe they're charging you rent. This is nuts. But look, why look at this when this podcast is you know focuses on the brain and gut connection? Why the oral microbiome? Well, it seems that the health of the oral microbiome is associated with the most with most of the common conditions we see in the brain, the gut, and everything in between. For example, a study that from Nature, published in 2021, showed the first signals that variations in the oral microbiome are associated with depression in young people. Broadly, connections between chronic diseases and the oral microbiome are expanding. As of the most recent review I could find when putting this episode together, so a review published in March 2022, the oral microbiome is associated with inflammatory bowel disease, specifically Crohn's disease, uh, cancers, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, diabetes, and rheumatoid arthritis. That is quite the list. Now, this episode will explore what's referred to as the silent epidemic occurring right under our noses. Get it? 
the ideas around how the bacterial environment in your mouth causes issues and some tips and remedies to change the game in your favor. Now, when it comes to the oral microbiome, it all comes down to something called dysbiosis. If you're a regular listener to Free and Inspired Radio, then you would have caught a few episodes where we visit dysbiosis, especially when it is in the digestion and how dysbiosis is connected to different things. I think the episode on leaky gut is a good place to start. The number of that episode, unfortunately, escapes me now, but if you just check that out on your favorite podcast provider, you'll hear a little bit more about dysbiosis. In the case of the oral microbiome, or in general, if you're new to dysbiosis, then it is the collective term used to describe an imbalance in the composition, distribution, and diversity of bacteria in any given environment. And I added that little bit at the end there. In an, in a healthy bacterial environment, colonies of over 1,000 species of bacteria would exist across different regions of a system. For example, the digestive system. All of these bacteria coexist in a balance that on the surface is beyond remarkable when you think about it. In a balanced, healthy state, they provide an immune role, protecting us from foreign bacteria coming in from the outside world. They also police the internal environment, protecting the integrity of the inner bacterial landscape. That's not all. Different species of bacteria also help to digest your carbohydrates and turn them into essential energy sources for your digestive system. Now, disruption in this balance is called dysbiosis. Three different types of dysbiosis can occur either together or independently of each other. The first type is a loss of beneficial bacteria. The second type is an overgrowth of potentially harmful bacteria. And the third is a loss of diversity or loss in diversity of the bacterial species, something that I believe is ultimately the most important. The reason why? Specific species of bacteria have particular functions which contribute to the overall balance of the bacterial environment and in some cases, when they are lost, they are irreplaceable. And this is where antibiotic use, long-term antibiotic use, and dare I say it, frivolous antibiotic use is a bit of a problem. Now, one reason dysbiosis within the oral microbiome is such a significant focus is down to what's called vascularity. Vascularity describes how much blood flow comes in and out of an area via the blood vessels. In the case of the mouth, there is a dense network of both blood vessels and nerves, and this high level of blood flow into the different regions of the mouth means that undesirable, overgrown bacteria that form part of the dysbiotic landscape can leak into the blood flow, traveling back into the body, carrying these undesirable bacteria and the inflammation they cause with it. For example, periodontitis, which is just inflammation of the gums around the teeth, is one of the most common infections on earth, would you believe? And I didn't know that until I put this together. Periodontitis imbalances the bacterial environment to a point where it causes chronic inflammation. And this inflammation can be with both within the mouth and radiate into the rest of the body. And we're going to explore periodontitis periodontitis a little more in part two of the show because it's actually period 
periodontitis that is largely connected with all of the conditions that we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Alzheimer's, etc. So our understanding of how dysbiosis causes periodontitis and gingivitis is still developing. So if you're new to gingivitis, it's a more mild inflammation of the gums. And once again, it's up there with one of the most or the most common infections that we have on planet Earth, which is crazy. But the idea that more than one species of bacteria causing the problem has a consensus. So even though our understanding of periodontitis and gingivitis as periodontal diseases is still developing, we now agree that more than one species of bacteria is causing the problem. But to illustrate how early we are here, the main bacteria, such as Filofactor olosis, P. gingivalis, a popular one, and T. denticola, all increased in periodontitis still represent less than 4% of the total bacteria involved. So that just gives you a sense of how much more needs to be mapped and understood to really get a sense of dysbiosis in the oral microbiome. Now, plaque that develops on our teeth, which we're all familiar with, is bacteria forming a film to protect itself and in some cases to spread Not all of this bacteria causes problems, so in some cases the plaque that develops just requires a regular cleaning from your dentist. In the case of gingivitis, which is the milder reversible infection compared to periodontitis, which is less reversible, or in fact not reversible, the bacteria around the teeth colonize. Now the plaque that they form post that colonization, if left untreated, slowly causes more and more inflammation but how does this plaque develop in the first place good question well early colonizers are species of bacteria that get missed by our toothbrushes so the bacteria actinomyces start to develop after around six hours of not brushing and matures over seven days. After 12 weeks, the diversity of the oral microbiome overgrows with predominantly gram-negative bacteria, a type of bacteria that are often associated with inflammation. So other causes of plaque that you may be more or less familiar with are sugary foods, uh, particularly those high in sucrose, and foods high in starch that change the pH in the mouth, contributing to this bacteria and forming plaques as well. Now before we travel into how these plaques and bacteria affect our brains and digestive systems, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more Free and Inspired Radio very shortly. to take a break. Are you enjoying this episode of Free and Inspired Radio? There's no better time to take back your personal health sovereignty. If you want to connect with more Free and Inspired episodes, simply subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or visit the website at www.philipwatkins.health for more information. Let's get back to the show. Yes, yes, welcome back to episode 36 of Free and Inspired Radio. In this episode, we're tackling a big subject that's been referred to as the silent epidemic happening right under our noses, our dental health, and specifically the effects of our oral microbiome 
on the brain and the gut, but also just on your health in general. We've touched on some of the basics as usual, but now let's look into how the oral microbiome affects our brains and digestive systems by starting with the connection between our mouth and Alzheimer's disease. One of the features of the plaque or biofilm that we were touching on just before the break uh, is that bacteria generally, the gram-negative bacteria that I mentioned that causes inflammation, travels from the bases to other areas of the body. So when I talk about the bases, I'm talking about this plaque that's been set up by these bacteria. So if you think of it this way, the more plaque around your teeth, the more bases or airports, if you like, that bacteria have to travel from into your body. So bacteria traveling in this way from one place to another, so to speak, is called translocation translocation and the realization that bacteria in the mouth is traveling begins to amplify our question for this episode does it is the mouth a window to your mental and digestive health and health in general now if this bacteria can travel and cause problems in other places in the body we're starting to think that maybe it is a window A scarier part of this is that bacteria transferring or translocating into the body is not associated with pain. Now, most of the time, you don't even know it's happening. And something that seems especially pertinent in Alzheimer's disease, a condition which, if you didn't know, begins to develop in some as early as their mid-30s and takes around 20 years to show symptoms. So I'll repeat that for those of you who haven't heard that before. Alzheimer's disease actually starts developing for some people in their mid-30s and it's not until at least 20 years of degeneration in the brain until you actually start to see symptoms, which is kind of nuts. A comparative study between healthy people and people living with Alzheimer's disease found that the brains of those with Alzheimer's had higher levels of the toxin ginger pain or produced by the oral bacteria P. gingivalis, one of the critical causes of chronic periodontitis. Now, the toxins from P. gingivalis cause the body to create inflammatory chemicals that result also in neuroinflammation during chronic periodontitis as well. And once again, if you're a regular listener to this show, you'll know that neuroinflammation is now considered one of the leading causes of anxiety and depression and you name it. There's a, a long list that we won't get into just yet, but rest assured that know that neuroinflammation is a big deal when it comes to the brain combine these results with the early development mentioned just before and it seems it changes for the worse in the mouth especially when it comes to periodontal diseases can be seen as early warning signs for alzheimer's disease later on and i actually pulled that from a journal so it does seem as if your the advice that your dentist may be giving you Uh, is a little more important than you think. So I know that dysbiosis in digestion can cause IBS, but does dysbiosis in the mouth make the dysbiosis in digestion worse? That is a great question. I'm glad you asked. Now, if you've listened to some of the episodes once again about the gut and brain connection, you'll have heard me talk about the bi-directional nature between the two systems. 
Simply put, this refers to the fact that it isn't just one-way traffic from gut to brain and vice versa. Interestingly, a comparison between the microbiome in the digestive system and the mouth found that they were, in fact, predictive of each other. Whilst the bacteria differed at the different sites, the broader communities have seemed to have common themes. This commonality suggests that if the diversity in one district was affected in, in one area, such as the oral microbiome, the community in another location, such as the digest, digestive system, may be also similarly affected. How might this happen when it comes to the mouth and the stomach, for example? So one route we've discussed is that, you know, is via bacterias traveling through the bloodstream and entering the digestive system that way. Another is a little more interesting and it involves how many times we swallow. So fun fact, people swallow around 600 times a day, roughly equating to around one and a half liters of saliva containing numerous oral bacteria. Repeat that. People swallow around 600 times a day, roughly equating to around one and a half litres of saliva containing numerous oral bacteria. Definitely love me a fun fact. Now, generally, your stomach acid and the immune system in the stomach should be able to burn these oral bacteria effectively. And the way I tend to describe it to patients is that your stomach acid should be the gates of hell. Nothing's getting through. It's a really key part of your immune system. But what happens if your stomach acid isn't acidic enough? What happens if the gates of hell don't burn hot enough? People who use protein pump inhibitors, I believe, is still, or PPI drugs, there. I believe they're still the most commonly prescribed drug in the world. I have to fact check that. If you want to fact check, fact check that for me and leave me a comment, go ahead. Now, uh, this condition uh, for people who use PPIs or protein pump inhibitors have a less um, acidity, and that's called achloridria. Now, when looking at people who have used long-term PPIs, higher amounts of oral bacteria, such as Streptococcus species and Veolonella, Veolonella, I'm my Italian sterile species, um, these more elevated amounts of oral bacteria can also be worse in people suffering from gastritis or gastric bypass. Now, obviously, gastric bypass is less common, but gastritis and PPIs are very, very common. So now we start to see that the oral microbiome being able to transfer bacteria from the mouth to other areas is actually a lot more common and a lot easier than we may think. Immune suppression caused by aging drugs or viral infections can also be responsible for increases in oral bacteria in the digestive system. Now, how does this contribute to IBS? So remember that dysbiosis can occur when there are imbalances in the species in specific areas. So if we see more oral bacteria, especially pro-inflammatory ones, pop up in the digestive system, this can potentially fuel the origins of IBS. So the question for this episode, is the mouth a window, window into your digestive and mental health? So in this episode, we've seen how bacteria in the mouth, second only in diversity to the digestive system, can travel to different body parts such as the brain and digestion and cause numerous issues. Now, I won't leave you without some simple things to do to remedy this. 
the first may be obvious, but see your dentist if you haven't in the last six months and get a comprehensive clean that will reset some of the bacteria-based plaques that can cause these problems. So see a dentist if you haven't. Look, I understand some people are scared of the dentist. I used to be scared of the dentist until I actually found a dentist who was a nice person and that really helped. So if that helps you, fantastic. Before that, if you already, if you're not doing this, it's time to brush your tweet, brush, brush your tweet, brush your teeth twice a day without fail. Add some floss into the mix to break up the bacterial communities around the teeth that are building up, and you will be well on your way to having a positive effect on your oral microbiome and reducing your risk of periodontal diseases. Secondly, observe whether your gums bleed when you brush your teeth or floss. This is a big one because if it happens to you, it's called bleeding on probing in dentistry and is a vital sign that you might be in the early stages of periodontal disease already and the clock is ticking. So I'll repeat that. If your gums bleed, it's called bleeding on probing and it's a sign that you may already have gingivitis or worse still be in the early stages of a deeper periodontal disease like periodontitis, which as we're seeing here is really a big risk factor for other parts of your health. Lastly, to take care or remedy the oral microbiome, take care of your diet. An interesting study found that a Stone Age diet, so presumably similar to the paleo diet maybe, improved markers of periodontal disease such as the bleeding or probing mentioned above. Another study confirmed that a diet high in unprocessed complex carbohydrates, vegetable proteins, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamins and minerals improved periodontal inflammation. In contrast, the same study found that diets high in refined carbohydrates, non-vegetable proteins, pro-inflammatory saturated fats, presumably from junk food, I'm making that assumption, and an unbalanced amount of vitamins and minerals may increase your periodontal inflammation. So the power is kind of in your hands there. You can brush twice a day. You can book your appointment with your dentist. You can do some flossing the best you can. And you can try and eat as well as you can as well. And the power is in your hands. So what do you think? I bit way more than I could chew in this when I was putting this together. I ended up watching webinars. I've read way too much for putting this together, but I hope it's helped. This is a really big issue, and I haven't touched on the oral microbiome and its connection to diabetes and cardiovascular disease, which is huge because simply I just ran out of time. Uh, but I hope out of this you become inspired to stop putting off your dentist visit or improve your dental hygiene for the sake of not just your mental and digestive health, but your health in general. Now, before we finish this free and inspired radio episode, if you would love to hear more from me and get the word on new articles, podcast episodes, and everything in between, just jump over to the website, philipwatkins.health, and join our community via the newsletter or the sign-up homepage. Your reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify 
help me get the word out on the street. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, thank you. Throw the video a like and subscribe and to see when each new podcast is uploaded. Um, big shout out to the people who have been leaving comments. Uh, I try and get back to you as, as best as I can. I'd like to send shouts to the show listeners, as always, who get this far in the episode. This show is about helping you find the freedom to feel inspired again, and I hope this gets you one step closer. Until next week, I have no idea what we're going to talk about next week. I'm probably going to research it a little bit more before I start because it's taken me a while this one, but I hope you found it valuable. Until next week, don't forget to take care of yourself and those around you, and we'll be back with more Free and Inspired Radio before you know it. Bye. Oh my gosh, you made it to the end. This show is all about you, and we hope you finished this episode feeling one step closer to feeling free and inspired. We'll be back next week, but if you want to know more about Philip, please catch a digital flight to www.philipwatkins.health for further details about how we might be able to help. In the meantime, have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, and we'll see you for another episode next week.